Welcome to the Light Reading Podcast. You're listening to the flagship audio production of Light Reading, and we cover the entire world of communications. I'm Phil Harvey. I'm an editor at Light Reading, and I'm joined on this podcast by my colleagues Mike Dano and Kelsey Zeiser for this episode recorded on March 18th. Today, we're discussing COVID-19 and how it is affecting the telecom industry at large and what might happen next as stores close, stocks drop, and everyone starts working from home. You will get all of that and much, much more in your pajamas right after this break. All right. Welcome to the Light Reading Podcast. I'm Phil Harvey. I'm here with Kelsey Zeiser. Hey, Kelsey. Hey, Phil. And we have Mike Dano joining us on the line as well. Hey, Mike. Hello, hello. Thanks for uh, both of you being here. So today we are talking about COVID-19 and how it is affecting uh, the telecom industry. Uh, in particular, since we're we're all based in the U.S. of A., we'll be talking about uh, what's happening around here in in our in our little uh, neck of the woods. Um, it's so, uh, Mike. Actually, let's start with you. You put out a story that said you had five ways uh, COVID nineteen is affecting uh, tele the telecom industry. Um, let's just start walking through what those ways are, and then maybe talk. Maybe uh, in a minute we can talk about um, what might happen next. Um, so the first thing uh, that you mentioned was, and I think this is this is happening in all sectors is store closings retail is getting absolutely pounded because people are having to um quarantine and remain socially distant yeah exactly yeah i mean this the it's certainly in fact the numbers are just coming in hot off the presses as of about five minutes ago i've got even more updated numbers on the on the number of retail stores that are being closed nationwide which you know obviously is a is a big deal for those people who are affected um, it's not nearly as important as, you know, people getting sick um, or, you know, all the healthcare workers who have to go into these places every day. And I know we all appreciate their efforts uh, and, and all the efforts of everybody else who's trying to deal with this, with this thing. Um, but in our little, you know, corner of the woods, uh, there's definitely a lot going on. And, and I think you're right. The, the retail store closings are, are, the first and probably the most visible big ramification of of the spread of this virus so far and um what we know right now is that um uh T-Mobile and Sprint both on Monday both closed about 80% of their uh retail stores around the country it's hard to get a number on that like a specific number about how many of those how many stores are actually closed but the number is definitely in the thousands um, mm. And then AT&T just today confirmed that they are closing 40% of their company-owned retail outlets. And so that number is 2,200 stores are closed all around the country today. And if you think about it, each one of those stores has got to employ at least five people, probably more like a dozen. And so the number of people who are affected by this uh, is you know, definitely in the thousands around the country. Um, but so far, the most important thing that, that come, is coming out of all this is that all of those affected retail store employees are um, being paid. Uh, Verizon uh, is, is, um, said they're paying affected employees. Uh, of the, they're, what they're doing is they're reducing the amount of employees who are going to work 
and mm -hmm. they're reducing store hours. They haven't announced any store closings yet, but they are paying all affected employees. Sprint is paying all affected employees. T-Mobile is paying all affected employees, and AT&T said that they are uh, paying all of, all affected employees too. So so far, no layoffs, which is definitely good news. Um, and everybody's getting paid, but it's obviously a you know a big big deal for you know thousands of people affected, thousands of stores closed. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the two things kind of pop up after that. Um, so yeah, we'll keep on the jobs topic in just a second. But uh, I I think I have an idea why some of the uh, they, they've had a hard time coming up with a store count. Um, a lot of these stores are franchised or authorized uh, retailers, right? They're they're not directly company owned, I guess. Yeah, yeah, exactly. This is where things get. I mean, you know, way here down in the in the nooks and crannies of the industry, this is where things yeah. get really complicated. Is like, is it a store that's owned by Sprint Corporation, or is a store, or is it a, a store that? has the Sprint brand, has employees right. who wear Sprint shirts, but is actually owned by some third-party dealer that has a franchise agreement with Sprint. And then an even more complex question is, is that store open right now <laughs> or is it closed right. because of the virus? Um, and it's it's hard to it's hard to get a, a an exact bead on all of those things. And frankly, I think it's going to be a moving target uh, over the next couple of weeks as stores open and stores close. The goal that the operators have right now, and it and it's an important one, you know, everybody needs to be connected and their phones, you know, I think we all know that our phones are critically important to staying connected with what's going on, who's doing mm -hmm. what, what we need to be doing right now in order to remain safe. Like these are important devices. And so the and the, and all the operators definitely know that. So they're keeping their stores open so that if you have a problem with your phone or you need a phone, you can go get one and get that problem fixed. And so that's really important. T-Mobile made a real uh, specific point of saying that it's closing 80% of its stores, but it's keeping open 20% of its stores. And those stores that it's keeping open are like geographically spread around the country so that most people can get to a T-Mobile store, you know, within a 30 minute drive is what they said. And so I'm assuming that uh, AT&T and Sprint and, and um, and any other operator that may close stores is 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 maintaining a similar strategy in terms of, you know, they're closing stores, but 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 hopefully wherever you live, you're still going to be able to get you know whatever service you might need, uh, that sort of emergency wireless service, you know, help at the store. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, uh, and and kind of you know, so in 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 a, it's interesting because we've we've pounded on all the carriers for um you know their uh, abundance of layoffs over the last uh you know few years uh, even though they've taken tax cuts and promised job growth and and things of that sort the inevitability in our industry is that automation and uh other types of network efficiencies are ultimately going to cut out the number of people needed to run things but on the um but on the retail end of things somebody still needs to activate accounts uh help customers you know, sort out their connectivity problems. And like you said, this is, this is really critical stuff. So it is good that they're leaving some stores open, especially in key places and key markets. Um, Kelsey, anything to add or any questions on, on this before we move on to the next? I was uh, just thinking thing? that I wonder, um, you know, are there online chats and call centers getting or going to be inundated with uh, more questions as people probably, are trying to avoid going to a retail store in person 
um, if they can just fix the problem online or, you know, we're a lot of people doing that already. So I'd be curious to see how that changes over the next few weeks. Yeah, right. Like, I think that's a huge deal, too, is making sure that uh, tech support is still up and running. And um, some of the carriers have talked about that. Um, I know that they're letting employees work from home where possible. Um, and I think that some uh, tech support people can work at home. Um, uh, mm -hmm. And so yeah. I, I have not heard of any like major um, impacts to uh, online tech support. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's that's certainly a possibility, right? Like I, I, I know how important online tech support is for me uh, just in terms of like keeping my phone up and running and keeping my internet connected and keeping my... Most importantly, keeping my <laughs> Xbox running. So that I yeah, it's definitely what I go to first is trying the online chat. And then if I have to call someone and then if absolutely necessary, go see someone in person. But, um, you know, I don't know if that's the norm for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Probably depends on, um, you know, maybe some demographics or your age. Um, I know, uh, you know, maybe some older folks would, would prefer to go in person and talk to someone and just hand them the phone and say, fix it. <laughs> it does bring up an interesting thing, though, because the, the one of the problems, and this is, again, really inside baseball as far as carriers go, but, you know, they have been very slow to digitize and kind of unify their operations and modify, the, you know, modernize their billing infrastructure and that sort of thing. And those are all very closely linked to um, being able to provide mm -hmm. that virtual support. Um, and I'm, I'm wondering the ones that have made that investment, I'm wondering how much mm -hmm. better they feel than the carriers that haven't, and that are still very dependent on, um, phone trees and routing mm -hmm. to call centers and that sort of thing. It seems like they won't be, they won't be faring nearly as well in times like this. Yeah, really. I mean, I think we all have like our favorite customer care <laughs> stories, you know, both on the on the on the positive yeah. side and the negative side. I know that, you know, Sprint has made a real heavy investment in um, like AI virtual bot type mm -hmm. customer care services, yeah. like through the chat and stuff. Um, but that other operators are doubling down the other way. For example, there's a an MVNO called uh, Consumer Cellular, and their whole business is selling um, phones and services uh, to the elderly. And they have made a major investment in like, you know, domestic uh, people, mm -hmm. customer care people, <laughs> so that when, you know, when their customers call in, they call in, they're immediately connected with, um, uh, you know, someone uh, who uh, can immediately start answering their questions. And as it's not this sort of like weird phone tree, press nine to get out of this thing kind of, you know, hell that i think we've yeah. all encountered you really do already. get to go to like each circle of hell because you're clicking you know every number <laughs> yeah. yes you go further in <laughs> they should just say right. welcome to dante's inferno press nine <laughs> <laughs> all right we're gonna we're gonna press uh, nine right now and go and take a quick break and we will be right back on the light reading podcast Welcome back to the Light Reading Podcast. I'm Phil Harvey and joined by Kelsey Zeiser in North Carolina or South Carolina. North Carolina? You can't Sorry. mix the two up. 
What? I forgot. <laughs> and somewhere outside like some of Denver. weeping and gnashing of teeth going on now. <laughs> I know, I know. I've really upset you. Um, joined by Mike Dano, who is somewhere outside of Denver, Denver and nowhere near the Carolinas. No, I, I don't think so. Are there two of them? Carolinas? There must be. Apparently. Oh yeah. I, <laughs> We're, you know. Well, North Carolina is a better Carolina. <laughs> so well, we, we always need to we, know. Uh, yeah, we we always assume that, but you know, if you if you gotta have two of them, then I guess the northern one's the best one. Um, yeah. All right. Uh, before I dig myself into any more trouble, um, we were talking about uh, uh, re some reporting that Mike uh, had been had done earlier this week on uh, COVID nineteen and how it's affecting the U.S. telecom industry, and of course, all across light reading and our network site of sites right now. Um, we're covering this in various ways. So some, some of it's looking at company specific uh, efforts uh, in terms of building networks. Some of it's looking at uh, the ways that, uh, uh, you know, this is affecting the economy. And so we wanted to just kind of give a, a brief overview of what, uh, what we're seeing right now. And, uh, and then maybe we can talk a little bit about, you know, what's coming up. So I'll cover off a couple of things and then I'll, I'll uh, turn it, you know, uh, turn it back over to Mike and Kelsey. Um, so uh, in our earlier segment, we talked about uh, store closures uh, as um, on the part of the carriers. Uh, a lot uh, of phone stores are closing, but, uh, but, uh, but they're keeping enough stores open so that folks can still get some kind of customer service. And um, all of the telecom, major telecom carriers are still paying the employees uh, that worked in those stores, even if they're having to, uh, uh, stay at home for a while and 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 keep socially distant so that COVID nineteen doesn't uh, um, overwhelm our U.S. healthcare system. And uh, naturally, as the economy slows over time, and other retail stores um, close, then we're going to have layoffs not just in telecom but in other industries. Um, there haven't been any huge uh, U.S. telecom companies announcing layoffs or furloughs yet related to COVID-19. It's mostly been in the hospitality and restaurant industry so far. Um, but keep your eye on that. That's going to happen. Another thing to watch is the stock price of a lot of these companies. Um, the stock market's kind of been in more or less a free fall for the last uh, few days, a few business days. The, um, the thing to watch there, obviously, you know, the stock market's going to be depressed or sort of put down for, for quite a bit as, as we sort of work our way through this and, and people are fearful of where the growth is going to come from in the, in the future. But keep an eye on some of these valuations for some of these tier two and tier three carriers because they are, um, uh, you know, some of them are, as their value uh, is dropping, uh, they could be prime takeover targets from private equity or other uh, investors. Um, I, I see that as a very, a, a very likely thing that could happen, and um, uh, and and also, you know, as as Mike's story pointed out, there could also be some some fluctuations because companies will stock prices will dip low low enough that investors will say, hey, this is a great buying opportunity, and they'll dive back in. Um, Mike, what were some of the other uh, sort of big? broad impacts uh, COVID-19 seems to be having as uh, as people are 
you know, shutting down businesses and, and mostly staying and working at home. Yeah, really. I think, yeah, it's just so many implications that it's hard to, it's hard to know where to start. And I think, you know, you mentioned uh, the stock, stock price and sort of Wall Street fluctuations and stuff. And I know that several of the big Wall Street firms have come out and said that uh, telecom is sort of, is probably going to weather the, the, the recession better than other uh, sectors. Um, Mm-hmm. And in fact, uh, the the folks at uh, Wells Fargo just just today put out a put out an alert that was like, you know, here this this is a good place to invest, um, and that um, you know now's a good time to buy. So, yeah, I'm. But uh, you know, I, I was kind of wondering, like, is our Sprint and T-Mobile still going to merge amid all this madness? Because uh, you know their closing date is rapidly approaching, um, hmm. and uh, I would assume that they're going to. I don't know why it would necessarily be affected by all this kind of stuff, but uh, still, like you know, we're we're certainly in uncharted territory right now. But yeah, y- yeah, you y- you mentioned about the other uh, implications for sort of telecom in general. I think there's there's plenty to go around, but I'd I'd, I'd certainly point to um, you know increases in network traffic. I think that's something that um, has been covered a fair amount on light reading. Uh, over the past uh, couple weeks, um, but certainly seems to be, uh, uh, you know, the effects on the networks around the country and around the world are, you know, are definitely, we're definitely seeing that. We're seeing traffic rising. We're seeing new types of traffic uh, happening at at new periods of the day. Um, And actually our, you know, our colleague Jeff Baumgartner just posted today an article that has a lot of really interesting information in terms of uh, the increases in traffic on U.S. networks, um, mm-hmm. and the interesting, my, my favorite part is that uh, Verizon said that uh, uh, gaming traffic from gaming sites has increased seventy five percent. And I don't think that's totally because of me, but I will say that I did, uh, I did beat, I did, I did beat the Penguin last night. But I Batman uh, was able to defeat both the Penguin and Mister Freeze last night, thanks to my um, game playing abilities. So I was happy about that. Wow. So I'm, I'm you must be exhausted. I, I, you know, I didn't want to brag, but both of them in one night, not bad. Um, but yeah, like traffic, traffic is definitely increasing. But I, I think the upshot there uh, that I have uh, that I've seen is that you know the our, the networks in the U.S. and around the world are really built to withstand peak traffic, and typically peak traffic actually occurs at night because. Everyone goes to work and then they come home and then they watch Netflix, they play games, they do whatever. And so typically peak traffic is like 8 p.m. on networks all over the world. And networks are designed to handle that peak traffic. Well, nothing is really changing about peak peak, peak traffic or uh, nothing is really changing in the evenings. People are still at home. You know, they're still doing sort of the same kind of stuff at home. It's just that the 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 traffic during the day is changing. The traffic volumes are changing. But um, in terms of peak traffic, the peak traffic is increasing, but it's not increasing like, you know, a hundred times. It's 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 certainly yeah. rising based on all the numbers that we've seen, um, but it's rising during different parts of the day. And the peak traffic isn't necessarily rising much beyond its existing peaks. There There is there are traffic spikes, um, but but it's like the amount of traffic is not dramatically increasing it's just the amount of traffic during different parts of the day is changing and that's certainly interesting it's certainly something the network operator is going to have to watch for but it's i it doesn't sound like it's a panic situation at this point yeah no that's well put because it it it's uh it's definitely coming from different 
geographic locations like maybe maybe it's usually in the city center and then maybe uh or or in the bay area it's actually reversed it's like silicon valley has all the traffic and then people go home at night <laughs> and you know and, and may, maybe they're uh the carriers that serve that area are or maybe having peak traffic more or less all day long coming from everywhere. Yeah, and that's I think an interesting thing is like is our mobile networks going to see less traffic because people are not traveling and and the wired networks are going to see more traffic or are people going to bail off of wired networks and go on to wireless networks more often and to try to get a better signal like I I don't know. I think those are the things that we haven't we haven't really seen yet. Yeah. Yeah, that's a um yeah, that's, I think we'll we'll have more data. It's interesting too because we're we're so early on in this um, sort of quarantining type period. Um, so um, yeah, there's a lot more a lot more data to come on this, um, and we'll keep an eye on it. Um, I guess the last thing, uh, real quickly, because I don't I don't want to run this uh, too far uh, over our uh, uh, usual allotted time, um, is network construction, and obviously that's a big deal because. We in the U.S. have already been; uh, uh, our politicians are already wringing their hands about uh, being far behind on 5G. Um, uh, what What did you sort of find out in terms of how badly this is going to slow down the work of uh, network equipment providers and tower companies and that sort of thing? Yeah, that's I know that's that's another one of those sort of unknown things. So right now we haven't really heard a whole lot from the tower companies. Uh, and I suspect that this kind of physical work it, it, it is done by work crews, um, uh, uh, but it's usually smaller work crews, and, and it's it's not necessarily the kind of work that I think might be affected by this. I could be wrong, but that's kind of my sense. But we certainly have seen some indi early indications that there that that it, that it might affect uh, the construction of of wireless networks and wired networks. Because uh, the FCC, in in one of the FCC's recent documents, an unnamed tower company said that they did suspend work for the next two weeks um, because of the spread of the virus. Um, and again, it's it's they did not identify the the, the 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 name of the tower company, and they didn't provide any other details. And so far, we haven't heard anything from the likes of Crown Castle or, or American Tower or any of the other big DICOM or any of the other big network construction companies, but. There's certainly a chance that it could affect that, but again, I, I, I'd be surprised if the effect was as dramatic and as significant as like the retail store closings. Yeah, yeah, probably not as immediate either. Um, to wrap up, uh, Kelsey, uh, to put you on the spot a bit, any predictions or any uh, things you're you're looking at to see, like maybe what what happens next uh, as as the uh, kind of quarantine or socially distancing period continues. Yeah, I'm wondering if with all these companies having um, workers now, uh, I mean, a lot of us at light reading, at least we're already working from home. But, um, you know, with other companies starting to embrace teleworking, do you all think that that'll carry on after, um, you know, things kind of simmer down, hopefully, <laughs> in the near future? Or um, do you think it's going to be, you know, everyone needs to come back in the office? and business as usual it depends on the experience um I, I would imagine that a lot of companies will will really adapt well to um the remote working environment and maybe they'll 
be a, go a little bit easier on their employees in terms of uh, now that they've already set them up to work from home, maybe they'll um, have them in the office, you know, fewer than five days a week and give, give mm -hmm. them, give them a little break on their commuting and stuff like that. And I think that's a reasonably responsible thing to do anyway, to keep people off the roads as much as possible. Um, and, and, you know, just save traffic and save time and you end up getting more productivity out of people, uh, ultimately. Um, but it also, but like I said, I think it depends on the experience. If, if you get, uh, you know, like say a small business that, you know, is in a market that doesn't have really good connectivity options and mm -hmm. they have prob problem after problem setting up their conferencing software and they can't connect to their customers and stuff like that. They might think this is the worst thing ever. So it, it really, it, it'll really depend, I guess, on the, on the individual company's um, experience. And that will depend on you know, how well these uh, telcos and cable companies really step up when it comes to delivering, you know, quality of service. Uh, Mike, any last uh, uh, predictions, projections, or uh, prognostications? Yeah, uh, nothing. I'm hopeful that I can uh, capture the Joker within the week uh, on Batman, <laughs> uh, the game. So that's that's my big prediction so far. Within the week. <laughs> Yeah, Gotham's. We're uh, gonna check in with Gotham's, you on that. Uh, we'll do too. Gotham's villains have never been more in fear. Um, can't wait. <laughs> Everyone's safe there. <laughs> I know. Yeah, crime-free streets and everything. It's great. Yeah. All right. Sounds good. Uh, thanks, guys, and uh, uh, thank you all for listening. And we will see you next time on the Light Reading Podcast. Bye. That is it. That's our show. Thanks to Mike and Kelsey for being on the show. Thanks to our producer, Tian Fu, for making us sound so good despite our crazy, crazy setup and uh, network troubles and bandwidth connections and all of those things. Thanks to you, dear listener, because if you weren't paying attention, we would not be able to get away with doing all of this during our day jobs. Uh, everyone, please tell a friend to subscribe. Let's grow the podcast, and we will see you next time on the Light Reading Podcast. <laughs>